All right, boys, welcome to episode 96 of the Zay Coleman Podcast. Yes, boys, we are creeping up to 100. It is crazy out here in these streets. But, of course, we're going to be talking about last night's, uh, sec- the second half of last night's main games, including the Dallas Mavericks and Houston Rockets, where we got a crazy Dwight Powell performance, and the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Miami Heat, and low-key having a banger. And more, of course, here on the Zay Coleman Podcast. All right, boys, we do have a lot to get into, and I do got to prepare for the, uh, the uh, another episode later. So, of course... We are going to start off with the Dallas Mavericks and the Houston Rockets, a game admittedly that I cared little to none about. Honestly, Houston coming off a win, Dallas coming off a, a bad loss. Neither really was the like I I could not get into it for the life of me. Honestly, like it was cool when the Dwight Powell had one of the best games of his career, had twenty six and twelve in like thirty something minutes, like that, but. Realistically, like Luca versus Jalen Green was not a matchup I wanted. To, I was looking to see. I'm gonna be honest with you. Luca dominated. Jalen Green struggled. That's kind of how it's gonna be. Be honestly, just same with KPJ. A surprising performance out of Bruno uh, Fernando, though. Shout out to Bruno Fernando, uh, 16 and 11, completely out of the blue. I don't think anybody had that on their NBA uh, bingo card yesterday. So shout out to Bruno Caboclo. Um. But realistically, just could not get into this game. The one game I did get into for the most part, the Miami Heat and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I did notice Miami Heat, I believe for the fourth straight game, got off to a hot start and a team the team that they played ended up having to like actually come back from behind. Cleveland did for the most part. They cut it to one, I believe, in the third quarter. But realistically, Miami took control of it in the fourth quarter, and because of it, that's how they ended up with yet another win. Still first place in the Eastern Conference. Another big noticeable thing from the Cleveland Cavaliers, Jared Allen being gone really hurts this team. And for two reasons, actually. Number one, they don't have an elite rim protector anymore. Evan Mobley, I, don't, I wouldn't say he's an elite rim protector. He's an okay rim protector. But realistically, his, his calling card is like on the Al Horford mode. He's not a rim protector. He is a paint protector. But realistically, I can't, like, you can see it. Even if, you don't even have to look at Bam out of bio stats to realize. Just in the pick and roll, the Cavs struggled. And it's mostly because they're, play, again, playing this, this the normal, quote-unquote, normal lineup rather than the, the three huge-man lineup with Markin and Mobley and Allen. They have to run Dean Wade, who's not as big as Jared Allen, obviously. So naturally, it's almost like they're sort of exposing the Cleveland Cavaliers in, in a way because of the fact that they haven't really built a, like, they haven't, there's no concrete plan that's not Jared Allen. And I think that, and again, it might just be like an all-star game stretch or even the, like just in the, just a bigger stretch than that, honestly. They have been bad. Where have they have struggled in their last ten-ish games? I think they're like with three and an eight in their last eleven. This team is struck. It's like I hope this team does. I, like realistically, they're still the six seed, two games ahead of Toronto. So I'm not. I'm not saying that they're going to fall out of the playoffs or anything, on or even the play-in. Like, but this team is struggling mightily from a team that was like the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference, and like. They're just sitting there essentially 
waiting for like the Bulls to go on another bad stretch or even Philly to go on a bad stretch just for them to have a, like a decent enough place in the Eastern Conference where they're, you know, just barely holding on. Realistically, they don't want to do that. They actually want to be competing legitimately and like winning games, being a 51 team or whatever. But honestly, that's not going to happen because of how bad they've played. And again, it's only going to get worse not having Jared Allen. Like losing your all-star big man obviously is tough. But when Jared Allen, who has such an important piece to this defense, and then you see the next couple of nights, they've back-to-back nights, they've let big men just destroy them, in the especially in the pick and roll with Bam Adebayo. They've let bigs kill them in the stretch that they haven't had Jared Allen. My bad, y'all. But yeah, um, not too much else to get from out of this game. Obviously, Jimmy but- Jimmy Butler does have a great game, first game back. But like, it's it sucks though because like you you want to. You want to root for this Cavs team because, again, this is the the young team that wasn't expected to make it to this point in the season. But, my God, bro, I, I it's it's becoming increasingly frustrating now. No, now that they don't have a Jared Allen to like to expect this team to win games more, like even for like the next five ish games, four ish games until they play Detroit again. They're going against a big man that's been really good this year. They Chicago, they got Vucevic, they got Vucevic, obviously. He can go off at any point. The Clippers, uh, like Zubak isn't one. Like, granted, Zubak isn't a top 10 center, obviously, but Zubak, he's had a really good season and just came off a really good game uh, last night. Philly, obviously, Joel Embiid, arguably the best big man in basketball. Him and Jokic are neck and neck. And speaking of Jokic, two nights later, they play Denver. And then you got Detroit, the Lakers, who don't have a big, Toronto, who doesn't really run big, and Chicago, again, with Vucevic. Orlando, who has two really good bigs that had really good games yesterday. Or I should say, bigs who had really good games yesterday. I'm not going to go out on limb and say Mo Bamba is a really good big man. But same thing. Like, like there's no rest for the Cavaliers for the next two weeks, basically, three weeks until the playoffs. Like, this like it's re- not again not saying that they're a non they're not a playoff team because they obviously are but realistically I can't see them like jumping honestly because Boston has been really good lately same with Chicago Chicago's been okay recently but like no like Brook like sorry Philly isn't falling Miami isn't falling so like I can't for the like, unless again they just go on a 15 16 game win streak to end the season which realistically ain't happening like this team is going to be six potentially the seventh seed if they're not careful so next the uh Greg Popovich actually broke the all-time coaching record i'm surprised i don't i don't you know why i didn't mention it in the episode it was definitely in my notes yesterday but i didn't like mention it in the preview but yeah, Pop actually actually got the win yesterday against Utah. Which again, like I wasn't. Imp- I'm not saying I'm impressed because Utah is like this. Utah is like I'm not. Basically, Utah is not the standard barrier in the Western Conference. We'll put it that way. But playing with against a, a San Antonio Spurs team, which granted, in all in all honesty, is not going to the playoffs. They're still a tough team, even if like their top guys, which like. I guess you can say Devin Vassell is a sort of a top guy on this team. Not aren't playing well. 
like guys like Zach Collins are gonna step up. Josh Richardson is gonna step up. Devin, uh, sorry, uh, Dejounte Murray obviously is an All Star point or All Star caliber point guard, so naturally he's gonna step up. Keldon Johnson, one of the uh, brighter young players, you uh, more underrated bright young players you can find in the league. Yaka Pertle, one of the more underrated bigs. Zach Collins, who's played uh, really solid since coming back from the injuries. Like, even Trey Jones is looking like a, a decent backup point guard for them. So, like, you can't I – mean, you can't honestly sleep on this team. And this ain't even including, like, what they could get a year or two from now. Like, Josh Primo ain't even, like, merely getting consistent playing time like that. Same with, like – you get like even Lonnie Walker, he'll get 30 minutes tonight, but we'll get like 15 the next night. Like, they're like, realistically, they're not going to get him a whole lot of PT, even though, like, granted, I think he could be a six man on the team. That's not even like me being joking. Like, he can actually be a really good six man. But I would say, was San Antonio, like, again, this is a team that's already got really good young pieces, i.e., DeJounte Murray, Kelvin Johnson, Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassell, and I guess Yaka Preto still sort of a young piece. You can't like they're going to get better in the in the in the draft. They can get they're easily going to get a top ten pick, and maybe shoot might might even get one from Boston. Who never you, you never know honestly. Unless I think is that pick unprotected? I can't remember if that pick is unprotected or not. But I'm pretty pretty sure that pick is unprotected. So the Boston Celtics are a playoff team, but that pick will still be like eighteen and nineteen because I don't see Boston getting past the first round. Like so, San Antonio again having a crazy like future ahead of him and that's not even, it, it might not even include greg popovich which is sad but like could be reality like realistically greg popovich might not even be the coach of this team which or even like when the next time they win a championship this might not even be a greg popovich team anymore which again is sad like because obviously we want pop to be a coach forever honestly but realistically i don't see him being part of this team the next time they you know return to relevance but obviously, he can enjoy his moment in the sun now. Of course, being the all-time winningest head coach ever in in the history of the NBA is actually pretty pretty crazy. That it took honestly, it's pretty crazy that that took him this long. But he definitely did have a couple years where he had some horrendous starts. Obviously, his first couple years they weren't necess- they weren't a good team at all, which is how they got Tim Duncan in the first place. And then recently, they've been pretty they've been mostly for the for the most part in the lottery first round exits etc cetera, etc cetera. so like they they haven't had the, the greatest of success in the last you know three years and honestly in his first two years which kind of took them that long to restore order in the uh, in the ever so quest to become the all-time winnings head coach next thing i do want to talk about Honestly, it's the last thing since uh, the Raptors and the Suns. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch that game, so I don't really have any notes for it. But the Lakers and the Wizards. Yes, unfortunately, I did stay up till 1 o'clock in the morning to watch this game. Yes, I was honestly thinking of, of a whole lot more in life than the, the Wizards and the, and the Lakers, to be honest with you. The game that I had zero care for outside of Kyle Kuzma coming back. Well, LeBron told me to shut up and learn my place because LeBron James dropped 50. Yes, LeBron second fifty point game in a week, and I absolutely the actually became the the oldest player to drop or the first player to drop fifty plus or fifty plus twice or yeah so it was a weird set it was like he first player to drop fifty plus fifty or more points twice after turning the age of thirty five, which genuinely is impressive as it can be honestly because 
again, a lot of guys that like even just guys that are like 32, 33, they low key do regress. LeBron has never has not shown signs of regression. Honestly, is still again one of the best scorers in the league, which we're going to address that in the next episode. We are going to address LeBron James being a good, a really good scorer. I will say that, and honestly, it's going to be it. This, first of all, that episode's going to be crazy too. By the way, but I will say, does LeBron is LeBron James going to? Are we realistically going to see LeBron James ever regress, quote unquote, or is he just going to retire at the top of his game? I don't know. But outside of that. The game was pretty buns. I will. I will not lie to you. Like the Lake, the Wizards tried absolutely. Their, they absolutely tried their best, and definitely in the first half had a stranglehold on this game. But realistically, it's kind of been like every LeBron James win for the past twenty years. Like he starts off in the first half, bad in the first half. Well, not him specifically, but a team starts off in a bad bad in the first half, and in the second half they go crazy. Malik Monk. Had a 21-point game, too. So, again, shout-out to him. This is going to be a pretty dry episode of the podcast because the second half of the games, uh, second half games were low-key buns outside of the Spurs and the Jazz. And what it looks like, this, the Raptors and the Suns is a pretty decent game, too, even though I didn't watch, I will say. But, realistically, that looks like, that looked like a, probably a pretty a good game. Shout-out to Gary Trent Jr. for having 42, by the way. Like, I did see that on Twitter. Like, Gary Trent, Jerry, low-key, Gary Trent Jr., honestly, is pretty underrated. He's had a very underrated season. And honestly, won't get talked about because playing with guys like Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi for Evans Lee, guys who are also really good NBA players. And it looks like the Raptors ran a, an actual rotation for the first time in forever. They ran a, like it looked like a nine man rotation with the, even Delano Benton getting minutes. So that's pretty dope to see. Uh, a mini Ben Simmons is what he's low key, uh, a, a low key comparison for him. Shout out to. Honestly, shout out to Toronto for beating the Phoenix Suns, which is pretty crazy to say that sentence out loud. But also, Devin Booker, low-key, had a pretty... I mean, it's a decent game, but it's not a Devin Booker game that you would expect. Cameron Payne has absolutely been hooping since the uh, since uh, basically becoming a starting point guard, being basically being Chris Paul Jr. DeAndre Ayton, Deion had a DeAndre... Basically, the Suns starters went crazy, and the bench didn't hold their end, which... It's like the uh, recipe for every Phoenix Suns loss this season has been bench goes crazy, or sorry, starters go crazy, bench doesn't. That's essentially what it's been for the last, every basically all 14 losses for the Phoenix Suns. The bench has not been good. Devin Booker holds his own in the first, what, 10 losses. Chris Paul held his own. Aiton held his own. Burgess and Crowder, they did their thing. But realistically, it wasn't like the the JaVale McGee's didn't show up. The the like the team didn't win. Same thing with now it's like the Aaron Holidays and the Tory Craig's, the Landry Shamit. Those guys don't hold their don't hold their in. That's usually a, an L in the Phoenix Suns column, which has been rare this season. There's like I said, they're still fifty three and fourteen. So you it's not like you're gonna like it's not, it. It really isn't a situation where you have to struggle like they're still or even just like be concerned for the uh, for the Phoenix Suns because realistically they're still first in the Western Conference by a wide margin seven and a half games between them and Memphis right now so I'm um, don't like obviously you're not going to be stressed about that again to go back to the Wizards and the Lakers like I did I said in the preview that uh I thought Kuzma was going to get his his revenge that didn't happen unfortunately 23 he had 23 and 7 but 
it was basically essentially an empty 23 and 7 because they didn't hold their end. Like it basically like Corey Kispert was his only other really good player. Rui Hachimura was decent was decent off the bench. Tomas Sanarinsky being like your third, fourth best player is not going to be a, a recipe to a winning team. I'm going to be real with you on that one. Uh Kristaps Porzingis, 14 rebounds. I I'm liking that he's hitting the glass since he's been in Washington. But at least for this game, I should say. Like it's like one of the better rebounding games he's had, but absolutely struggled shooting the basketball. And I said, if Kuzma was on his, like he holds up his end, like the he can compete with the Lakers, but he doesn't hold up his end. They lose by thirteen, and again, mostly due to a second half to remember from LeBron James. All right, thank you, boys. I think we can end the podcast right there. Like I said, we I want to like get everything ready today, do everything get done uh, by nine o'clock because we are going to come back. The next episode you're going to hear is me and special guest Narayan Lasley, my guy, my boy, my homie for life, doing top 10 NBA scores of all time. I will tell you now, it will get controversial. You see two, two of us, the two of us in the, the same room together, same call, same podcast, whatever. You see both of us together. You know it's going to be controversial. So... Without further ado, you can check them out. Uh, check us out later today. It'll, pro- it'll probably be it'll be up before the end of the day. I know that. Without for uh, we can check them. You can check them out on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, and of course, right here on Anchor. Until next time, I love you. You love me. Let's love each other. Goodbye. <laughs>